Good afternoon, everyone. This week's Parsha of Tetzave deals with the big day kahuna. Of the garments that the Kohanim wore in the Mishkan and later in the Beit HaMikdash. And, uh, you know, the, uh, the expression is that clothes make the man. So uh, in the first Beit HaMikdash, the time of the Mishkan and uh, from Moshe till the Churban Bayez Rishon, so the Kohanim were installed in the Kohuna by having themselves anointed with the Shem and Amishcha, the special oil that was prepared by Moshe that was used to consecrate that the Mishkan, all of the Kalim of the Mishkan, all of the utensils, to dedicate it for the holy purpose for which it was created. And uh, that oil, I don't know how much oil it was, but according to the Talmud, uh, that oil lasted throughout, uh, we're talking at least uh, 850 years. And that is how the Kohen was installed. The Kohen Godel was installed in the Beit HaMikdash. And that is what gave them, so to speak, their official inauguration and the ability to perform the Avodah. Now, the concept that we have it exists in the secular world as well that when a person achieves an office, that person is inaugurated into the office. So either by taking an oath, by a public ceremony, uh, by an address to the people, but there has to be something. It just doesn't happen without some formal form of inauguration. And that we see from the Mishkan as well, that the formality of installing the Kohanim was necessary in order to uh, consecrate them for the avoda, for the service in the temple and for the, being the agents of the Jewish people, etc. In the Bayashani, the oil was no longer there. It was one of the things that was uh, missing. The Bayashadi didn't have the eternal light. It didn't have uh, the uh, holy ark. Uh, the Bayashadi no longer had prophecy. And one of the things that also was missing was the oil. So then how could you install the coin? 
So the Talmud tells us they were installed by wearing the begodim, by wearing the uniform, so to speak. And we have that uh, also in, in general life. Uh, the, uh, when the Israeli army, they give you the beret or something. If I give you the uniform and you put it on, so that means that you're installed. That means that you're uh, officially trusted with the mission that's being given to you. So they call him their begodim. That was how they were installed. The other way that they were installed, as the Gemara explains, is by doing the work, by serving in the base Amigdash, that also was the completion of their inauguration, so to speak. And then they were consecrated to do the Avodah in the base Amigdash. There were 24 families of the Kohanim. And uh, each of the families worked uh, two weeks a year. Some worked three weeks a year to get it to 52 weeks. And for the holidays, for the Yom Tovim, when, the, so to speak, the Beis Amibish was overly busy. So then all the Kohanim came to participate. So the clothing that they wore had a uh, dramatic effect because that's what made him a Kohen. That's what gave him the stature and the status. So there were uh, four basic garments of the Kohen, which every Kohen wore, whether he was the Kohen Hedjot, meaning the regular plain Kohen, or whether he was the Kohen Gadol, the great high priest. Those four garments were Ktonet. So the Ktonet is, uh, it's more than a shirt. It's a tunic. It, uh, it was a long shirt, covered most of his body. And it was uh, made of white linen. And it was Taj Bates. It was made out of squares. And that's where you have the uh, Hebrew word for a crossword puzzle. Is a Taj Bates because it's little squares. So that was the uh, pattern of the tunic of the Ktonet that he wore. Ktonet's Taj Bates made out of little squares. So it was like white on white, we would say. Uh, today if we wanted to describe it. And it was made of linen. And uh, it had sleeves. And it covered his body uh, practically uh, uh, to the knees, some would say even below the knees. So it was the overgarment as well. It had an avnate, the second garment was a belt. The belt was made out of shotness. And we find throughout the Torah, 
that it's uh, the uh, the Torah deals with opposites. You shouldn't say that shatnes is bad luck or it's superstition or it's something to be afraid of. Shatnes, wool and linen together in the same garment that warms the person is an Easter that the Torah told us for whatever reason it told it to us. It's a chok. So then you will say, well, anybody, uh, the Torah warned it because it's not healthy. It has uh, uh, negative magical powers. Whatever, there's a problem with it. So the Torah said, no, you'll see that the coin, the belt that he wore, had wool and linen together. That tchelet, which always is woolen, and sheish, which is linen. And then it's a mitzvah to wear it. So again, it's to reinforce this concept that the, the mitzvahs are what God told us to do. And not to ascribe to them uh, reasons that are beyond our understanding or logic. That's one of the great uh, disputes that exists, whether or not uh, one should even engage in mitzvot, in giving reasons for mitzvahs. So there are many sforim uh, by great people that uh, have Tameh HaMitzvot, right? Sefer HaChinuch is a whole uh, encyclopedia of Tameh HaMitzvot. The Ramam also delved into Tameh HaMitzvot, especially in the Mora Nebuchim, and tried to explain every mitzvah, why. But there were those that opposed that whole stream, that whole uh, attempt. They said that because it, at the end of the day, you have to say we're doing it because the Lord commanded us to do it. We're doing the Rotsan Hashem. We're doing the will of God. We don't, uh, we don't know what the particular reason for this mitzvah is. But nevertheless, we perform it because of the fact he commanded us. That's the bracha we make on every mitzvah. Even on mitzvahs to Rabodim, like we're going to have now Purim. And because of that, therefore, uh, uh, the uh, problem of Tamea mitzvahs uh, over the ages has always been a problem. So uh, when uh, Reform and others came along and they said, well, the reason for the mitzvah was this and this and this, but that reason is gone. So therefore, we don't have to do it anymore. Well, with that attitude, it doesn't take long and the whole thing falls apart. And there are no mitzvahs that are left.
So we have the shirt, the ketona, tashbeks, and we have the avnet. Then the Kohen wore uh, pants, which were like knickers to, uh, to the knee. That, uh, that, that, uh, and his tunic came over the, over the pants, over the trousers that he wore. And the fourth basic garment was a hat, a turban. And the turban was made out of one piece of linen, but it was rolled in such a way that it became a turban on the head. Now, uh, during the time of the Beit HaMikdash, the colony wore film all day. So the turban had to be fitted to accommodate the Mokomat Later, the custom became that it became impossible for us to wear a film all day and afford them the respect and cleanliness that is involved. So then it became restricted only to uh, prayers, shakras, sometimes mincha, etc. So those were the four garments of the Kohen headship. And the Kohen Godel wore those four garments as well. But he had four more garments that he wore. One was the aphod. Now the aphod was a long apron-like garment very colorful pattern. It had two straps that held it. It went on top of the donut and on top of the pants. We have here the famous Rashi about the aphod. Rashi says he doesn't know what the aphod was. He doesn't have a tradition. But he said, Libi Omerli. My heart tells me that this is what it was. And he says, it's like the apron that the noble women wear when they ride their horses so that the mud shouldn't splatter on their clothing. So they wear an apron, a leather apron on top that keeps their clothing clean. And a famous legend about this. Legends aren't necessarily uh, accurate, but they characterize people, right? So the legend is that Rashi was sitting in his base medrash in Troyes, learning, teaching, and outside there was a big clatter of hooves as a whole bunch of noblemen and noble women rode by. So Rashi rose to close the uh, shutters so that uh, he would not be disturbed by the clatter outside. And when he walked to the shutters and he looked outside, he saw the noble woman wearing this apron. 
So he said to himself, why does God show me a woman on a horse wearing an apron? In Mitten Tesris, right? He says, it must be that that was the aphod. And therefore, he says, Libi Omerly, my heart tells me that this is what the aphod looked like. And that's why, that's, and then from heaven, they wanted to show me what it looked like. So he showed me this woman riding on a horse. They thought had two large diamonds on the shoulder pads on which the names of the Jewish tribes were engraved. And Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. And it said, Kol Shifte Yishurun. And it was part of the Urim Vitumim. Then there was the Choshen, which was attached to the Aphod, which was the breastplate, which had 12 precious stones, one for each of the tribes of Israel. And on the stones was inscribed the name of the tribe. And then it was like a uh, folded and inserted in the fold was uh, the Shem Hashem, God's name. And uh, that activated, that was uh, the battery, so to speak, that activated during Vitumim, that when they uh, were at the Kohen and the Novi, when he was asked, what, what does God think about it, so to speak? So then the letters lit up and he knew how to read it, to put it together, and that would be the answer that they wanted. So that was the Choshen and the Aphod. Yesterday I discussed with you the Me'il, the famous Balaturim regarding the Me'il, the overcoat, which was sleeveless, full length, and had uh, bells at the bottom, Nishma Kolo Vavoel HaKodesh. And then the fourth uh, of the extra garments of the Kohen Godel was that he had a golden plate uh, on his forehead, attached in back with uh, threads of trellis, and on it it said, Kodesh Lashem, sanctified to God with God's name spelled out on it. So Malchikas in the Mephorshin, how, uh, whether it was written in one line or it was written in two lines, but certainly the, the Shem was larger than the word Kodesh. And so the, he wore that, so he wore eight garments. There were four regular garments of the Kohen Hedyot, plus the four garments of the Kohen Godo. And that was called the Big Day Zohar. And on Yom Kippur, he changed five times. Sometimes he wore, for certain of the services, the big days of. And sometimes he wore the big day love on only the four garments, the white garments that he had. So that was the uniform of the Kohanim. And that's what's described for us in this week's Parsha. Rabbi Hanani ben Akash, Yomer, Yisrael.